paying a visit next door. Welcome back to Textination. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from next door, right next door, is Chief Product Officer Kieran Prasad. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Fred. How are you well, doing? Great. Well, for people who may not already know, Nextdoor is a hyper-local online community. I guess that's a, an adequate description. Give us the background and, and overview here. Yeah. So, you know, background is that really Nextdoor is about a neighborhood network. It's about you sort of connecting to the people around you. At Nextdoor, we come to work every day to help cultivate a kinder world. We want to make sure that everyone has a neighborhood to rely on. As human beings, we want anything that gives us that sense of connection. When we started this company, we felt that technology had an important role to play in bringing communities and neighbors together. We knew that having the support of your neighbors was critical. The neighbors have been using that Nextdoor app to coordinate evacuations. You drive through a neighborhood and you see houses and bricks, but really what you have is people, business owners and entrepreneurs. It's been really cool being able to cheer on your neighbors as they open up the next coffee shop. Nextdoor evokes a sense of pride in your neighborhood, and we know that people globally are craving for that. It often starts online, but we know that it continues into the real world, and that is the superpower of Nextdoor. The original story around Nextdoor was actually, uh, you know, we read this book, Bone Green, where the book really talked about people uh, feeling lonely and people feeling like disconnected from the people around them. And that was sort of this endemic thing that was starting to grow. And so, you know, our founders started Nextdoor to really allow people to, to start to connect with each other, to start to feel like they are part of a community, part of a local community that uh, was the original social network, you know, from back in the day before all the technical uh, and, and sort of like social networks showed up um, is where people sort of went out in their neighborhoods and interacted with the people around them. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're focused on now is really sort of building that kinder world, building that environment where uh, people have a neighborhood that they can really rely on, um, that they can sort of depend on. And, and we're seeing it happen kind of in, crazy scales at this point. I know, uh, depending on where you live, uh, most of you have probably heard of Nextdoor because we're, we're in one in three households in the US at this point right now. And we're in over 11 countries um, and over 98% of all the neighborhoods in the US have uh, somebody who's already on Nextdoor. So, you know, we can see that like the neighborhood network, that concept of like bringing the neighborhood back is really happening. It's happening at scale. How many users do you do you have today? You mentioned one in three households. Wow. Yeah, we're one in three households in the U.S. We have over seventy million neighbors on the platform, and you know a huge chunk of the, those neighbors are people like you and me. But a huge chunk of those neighbors are also other types. Like uh, we have neighbors that are small businesses. You know, people who like run the local coffee shop or run the local bakery or. Uh, and then we also have um, local public service organizations like the local fire department, local police department, the local city council, like all of the people and communities that are that are kind of make up the neighborhood. Right. I mean, you probably may not think of your small business as instantly part of your neighborhood, but that's probably where you're going after your little league game. 
they're probably the ones that have their brand on your little league jerseys. Uh, so, you know, you really sort of have to combine all the real people and the businesses, as well as like a lot of the public services that are provided to you in each neighborhood. And you're just a little over a decade old? Yeah, uh, we're just a little over 10 years old. You know, the first, uh, I think like some evolutions that have happened, you know, the first five years uh, was really us trying to figure out how to grow. Uh, and so, because, you know, a lot of other social networks, they kind of let you invite your friends, let you invite um, other people on the platform. And that's kind of how you grow. And now you're connected to people in China or in France or in Germany, or maybe the people that you went to school with 15 years ago. Um, and we wanted to really make sure that this wasn't just like another network, but one that really was about the people around you. I mean, the way you introduced it was great. Hyper local, you know, really the neighborhood sort of feel right around you. And so that just took time to kind of build up and get everywhere. What is the story behind it? The, the why this behind this, how this came to be? Yeah, the, the why really kind of started off with, um, as I said, this book, Bowling Green. Um, the, the real why came down to a really simple thing, which is, you know, uh, the founders looked around and they were like, look, I feel like I can go online and communicate with people that are all over the world. And I still don't know who the person is that lives next door to me, <laughs> like literally next door. A lot of neighbors just haven't gone outside, walked over next door and said, hi, you know, my name's Kieran and, and started that conversation. In fact, people are becoming, uh, had been becoming more and more sort of insular, right? And sort of everybody's on their screen looking towards this sort of separate, separate, separate worlds. And, you know, what, what we showed is that actually that process uh, the book shows that, but like we also did some analysis, that process uh, starts to create, you know, a lot of issues for people, just mental health issues, you know, loneliness, and not a sense of feeling really, really connected. And, you know, so we started next door around that concept of bringing people together and connecting them together. Um, it's actually the core to our strategy. We, we internally, we talk about our strategy as an active valued community. We're trying to really bring people together so that they feel like they can be connected and they're, they don't feel as lonely. They feel like the community is there to support them. And actually we've seen statistics, it's amazing, which is if people um, even just have like six people that they consider their neighbors, people that they know, uh, know well, uh, they will, um, you know, they, they, their mental health level rises, their physical health level rises. Now, when those two things happen and you really feel like you're starting to become a part of the neighborhood, uh, there's economic benefits as well. So generally house values increase, uh, test scores for education for kids increase. Uh, really, it just starts to make where you live and who you're around better. So what are some of the more popular ways uh, in which the site is used today? Yeah, great, great question. You know, our, our core thing that when we ask neighbors, you know, why, why do you come to next door and why, why are you coming here? You know, they tell me, help me connect to the neighborhoods, help me connect to all the neighborhoods that I, that I, that matter to me so I can belong. So, so what does that really mean? Well, you know, right now next door is very much about the neighborhood you live in. 
But one of the big things that we've learned is that neighbors actually want to be part of more than one neighborhood. Because although they live in one neighborhood, they typically work in a different neighborhood. Or their parents live in another neighborhood. Or they tend to drive 15 minutes to this other neighborhood to go out to dinner on a regular basis. And so one of the key things we've heard is we want to be part of more neighborhoods. Um, the second thing is they, they really want to connect to those neighborhoods so that they can belong. They want to feel like an insider. They want to feel like they, you know, that everybody knows them and they know everybody. Maybe the old Cheers moniker, uh, like that sense of belonging. But if you look on the platform and you say, okay, well, great. I understand what they're saying. What are they actually doing on the platform? It really comes down to three major use cases. Um, one is they're coming on to exchange goods and services. So what does that mean? Well, you know, I have an old couch and I bought a new one. I need to get rid of it because, you know, somebody else might want to buy it. So selling used goods and buying used goods is a big one. Uh, second one is, is really getting recommendations for services. So things think like I need an electrician, uh, because my lights went out or I need a plumber to fix something, um, so it's, it's really around those exchanging goods and services so that somebody can come help you. Uh, category two is really discussing local information. So there's a new tax law uh, that's been passed or like in San Francisco, uh, the homeless situation up in San Francisco is, is a really uh, key topic that seems to come up on the platform pretty regularly. And then uh, category three is something around really mobilizing to make change for the local community. So this is like, um, I'm trying to raise money for the local football team, or I'm trying to get everybody together at the local park, let's go clean it up, or things to kind of mobilize the community and, you know, change the community for the better in some way, right? So they, these are kind of the three primary things that people do on the platform. They, you know, exchange goods and services, they discuss like local information about what's happening, and then they mobilize to try to help the community become better. I, I see a lot of that and uh, going on the site, but are there ways people are using Nextdoor that surprise you maybe in the team there? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, I feel like I'm constantly surprised. Uh, I'll call out a couple of cases that are probably small right now, but they're, you know, these sparks that just um, always, always really surprise me. So uh, I think some, some of the, smaller use cases, but are always surprising is really jobs. You know, um, I think we're going through a recession right now. A lot of people are looking for extra money, uh, side hustles to try to make something. And so there's a lot of people out there that are, that are looking for jobs on the platform. So they'll, you know, especially college students who come home, you know, constantly they'll, I'll see the post, like I'm home for three months. Uh, I can pretty much fix anything, or I know how to use computers. So if you want me to set your computer up, I can do it or, you know, I'll, I can babysit or I can dog walk. Um, so you have a lot of, a lot of the younger generation really starting to come onto the platform to find jobs, to find these little side gigs to help them, you know, in a tough time or, you know, in between uh, transitions of their lives. So like, that's a simple one. One that's um, another one that is, is really about people kind of getting opportunity and scaling out businesses. So during COVID, um, there's this really great story of, uh, and after maybe we can follow up with some information about the specific person's name and kind of, uh, I'm missing it right now, but he uh, kind of lost his job and he started uh, baking 
in his kitchen. Uh, and he started making bread and, uh, and giving it out to his neighbors. His neighbors are like, holy cow, this is fresh bread. And it's from like next door. And he's like, oh, I didn't think anything of it. It was just a hobby he was doing. But he slowly started uh, selling bread. And then he started making like bagels and muffins and cookies. So now he's starting to run uh, a small bakery out of his kitchen. Uh, and that is now his full-time job. Uh, he's now spawned from that to like uh, sort of setting up a little local small business. And he's taken something that was his passion, moved from a tough time to a great time. And he really credits next door for a lot of that because it gave him the ability to find that local uh, set of neighbors and the neighbors love it. They want to support the local business. They want to support him. He lives in the neighborhood. Uh, it's easier to get bread if you walk 10 houses down than it is if you have to drive 10 minutes. Uh, so it's kind of a win, win, win. Yeah. It's kind sure of great. sounds like it. What are some of the latest features uh, that, that you're offering? And I think Microsoft is one of your partners too now, right? Yeah. Uh, wow. So we are, you know, there's a few things that we've launched that we're really excited about. Um, one is the concept of connections. So we, we launched that um, just a few months ago, where one of the things we learned is once you join Nextdoor, you're part of this large neighborhood and you have the whole group of your neighbors. Um, but we started to realize that people actually have uh, interpersonal relationships inside the neighborhood that are that are equally important. So for me, for example, I have two kids, a 16-year-old boy and a 13-year-old girl, and their, um, their friends' parents are, are important to me. <laughs> like, I know them. They live in my neighborhood, uh, and I want to be connected to them. Um, I don't know that I want to see all their Facebook photos. I definitely don't want to see all their LinkedIn updates but I wanna stay connected because in the local neighborhood, I do care about what's happening and what their thoughts are about the local information. So it really is this place to connect to people that are important to you, that are a subset of your neighborhood that are important to you. Um, so connections is a, is a big thing that we, that we ramped out. Uh, a second big thing, like you actually brought up was the Microsoft partnership. So um, a lot of the content that we have on a platform where people start to share, uh, you know, the local news about what's happening locally. The biggest thing is it's not just about the news. We really get opinions uh, from neighbors about what they think about the news, right? So, you know, some news articles written, we'll use this sort of, uh, you know, new tax law example. And a lot of people will start to talk about, is that put good or bad? And how does that help the local neighborhood? And, you know, it's, it's a really healthy debate and uh, what Microsoft recognizes is that we're really the, the source of local information. Um, and so on their MSN website, uh, you can actually find, uh, when you go to the local area, you can find next door content show up on MSN. Uh, and this is kind of like the beginning of that partnership where we're just you know, finding ways where we can take the local information that we have uh, and help more people learn about what's happening in their neighborhoods, um, you know, even if they're not directly on next door. Really interesting. I used to work in local radio for, for years before I ah. worked in New York and know the importance of, of, of community news, what's going on. And uh, there certainly, there certainly needs to be some help in that regard. So along these lines, how do you promote interactions that are 
I guess what we could call neighborly uh, during a time when there can be a considerable divide. Yeah, you know, um, our, our entire purpose as a company starts, starts around this. So we actually, um, our purpose is to cultivate a kinder world where everyone has a neighborhood to rely on. And so that sense of kindness is central to us. Actually, if you look at our stock ticker symbol, it's not NXDR or something, it's kind. Uh, we actually purposefully chose that because we really do want to have a kinder world. And so um, now when we say kind, uh, we don't mean that everything's rainbows and unicorns. The world is not all rainbows and unicorns. I think it's healthy for people to have debate and to have civil debate on the platform if they can do it in a healthy way. And so there are a couple uh, key things that we've launched even in the last um, few months that are key to this. One is we really do something where we sort of proactively interrupt users. And I'll explain what I mean. So typically when people see something um, on the internet or on next door and they get angry, they're like, oh my God, I totally disagree with that. They, they kind of get wound up and they get ready to start commenting and saying something. Um, the reason that happens is actually it's, it's because our reptilian brain, like our brain from like way back here, is really telling us like react, react, something's wrong, like go into, go into kind of attack mode. Um, but if you can get them to stop and think, this is actually something we learned because we have a neighborhood um, vitality advisory board, which is this board that made up of industry experts as well as sort of academia experts that study the human brain, study interaction in social settings. If you, they, they kind of taught us that like, look, if you can get people to stop from the reptilian brain and come up to like the human brain and rationally think about, is this a good thing to do or not? And slow them down a little bit. You, you can kind of like get them to reset. So that's actually what we do. So when we, when we start seeing either that the content that they're typing into the comment is in a, you know, inappropriate or that the conversation is getting heated and we can tell, tell that the conversation is getting heated if people you know, if the rate of comments is getting really fast usually, or if two people are going back and forth, but not a lot of other people are in the comment, uh, comment thread, you, you can start to kind of get a sense that like, oh, this conversation is turning bad. And what we do is we proactively slide up something that says, hey, are you sure you really want to say this? You know, is this what, how you want to show up in your neighborhood? And usually when we get, when we see that, you know, over 40% of people stop and are like, yeah, I should change what I wrote <laughs> or like, you know, maybe I shouldn't post that at all. Um, and so this, these simple interruptions, these simple aspects of trying to help people learn when they're kind of moving, when they're thinking with their reptilian brain versus their like sort of front neural brain um, has huge impacts because it, it really does help people be like, well, I do have a point, but I don't need to say it that way. Um, and so that's what we're really focused on. Uh, the other part that's actually really different about um, the way Nextdoor thinks about moderation uh, from a lot of other um, networks is that we don't uh, think that the best way to do it is with the central team. We actually have uh, a community of volunteers. We have over uh, 260,000 volunteers in uh, local neighborhoods who are members of Nextdoor that when you report something and say, hey, this is you know, something that was kind of hurtful, it wasn't really nice, or the tone wasn't great, um, it actually goes to those local neighbors and those local neighbors vote on it. 
and they say, oh, this is what I think is good or bad. And then based on the vote, we decide whether to take it down or not. Um, and so that notion that, you know, something that may be uh, considered not okay in, in the middle of Iowa might be completely fine in the middle of New York. Uh, it, it allows the neighborhood to have its differences versus kind of one rule to rule the world. Uh, and so that, that's also like a really different way that we think about sort of the specialness of local and neighborhoods. And uh, is there other moderation of other potential inappropriate behavior? Yeah. So if, if there's um, content that's really, really harmful to you, you know, things that are against the law and really violate our terms of service, like, you know, um, hate violence or misinformation, then we, we kind of jump in and, and when it's reported, it goes to our internal teams and we take it out. So we kind of have a whole gradient. I think a lot of the conversation in, in the public sphere is around that stuff that's really harmful, the really bad stuff. Um, and while that's, there's honestly very little of that on our platform, um, primarily because every single person that signs up, we verify them. We make sure that they're actually living at the address that they live at, a physical address. Uh, we do that both through physical postcards, but also with partnerships with third parties where we kind of do background checks and stuff like that to make sure you're a real person. So as soon as we know it's a real person, you know that it's your real name and you're communicating with people right around you, there's a level of like the really bad stuff kind of doesn't really happen on the platform. Uh, the like, you know, violating laws level of stuff doesn't happen on the platform at any scale. And so we actually are way more focused on the next level uh, up that sort of Maslow's level of hierarchies, which is the kind of hurtful stuff, which is, I don't like the way they said it. I can't believe they're complaining. Can they say it in a better way? Can they be good humans? Can they be kind? Uh, and that's where the community starts to kind of weigh in. So what's the vision for the future here of, of Nextdoor and, and the roles that it can play? You know, um, it, it really does come to a starting with our purpose and then going to our strategy. So our purpose, as I said, was really to cultivate a kinder world where everyone has a neighborhood to rely on. And that you'll, you'll see that word everyone in sort of that environment. Um, we we, we kind of want to achieve that purpose by by developing what we call an active valued community, the sense of people who have a closeness and a community and a neighborhood feel and really feeling like you're, you're, you can be part of a community that's gonna make the community better, where it's active and it's valued. It's something that you can depend on uh, in some way. So, so where are we going from here? Well, we're at over 70 million neighbors now. And uh, you know our goal is to just kind of go down that everyone path. <laughs> You know, one in three one in three households is amazing. Uh, I would love to be in two and three households in the U.S. over time. Uh, we're also growing internationally. I told you we're in eleven countries already. Uh, we're uh, heavily uh, entrenched in the U.K. and London and Canada and Australia. Uh, we're starting to expand out in some of the uh, Western European countries like Spain and France. So just starting to grow. You know what we're what we're really seeing is that the product uh, and the concept of a local neighborhood community really works. And it's not even something new that we need to teach people. 
it's the original community. <laughs> That's how people used to live. Uh, and so the fact that they have it up now, as soon as somebody discovers it exists, they're like, oh yeah, I wanted that. And they like get on and they immediately kind of know what to do because they see all the other neighbors doing it in the, in the platform. So, you know, where are we headed? We're headed in taking um, something that we think is at a pretty good scale and taking it to the rest of the world. Yeah. And, and of course, people would want to know um, it is a business. So how, how, how you monetize it? How, how do you make your money? Yeah, great question. Um, so we make money through ads. Uh, we make money through two, um, two different sort of um, constituents who do ads. So one is, you know, larger businesses like um, McDonald's or Home Depot um, that really come out of the platform and they want to be part of the local community. So, you know, the best way to kind of think about it is sometimes when we hear McDonald's or when we hear Home Depot, we think big brand. We think this like big giant brand. Oh my God, McDonald's is huge. But the reality is the local McDonald's uh, the manager of the local McDonald's probably lives in your neighborhood. Everybody that works at that local McDonald's probably lives in your neighborhood. Uh, and so it's less about the mega brand and it's more about the local presence of that brand. So we see that with like Home Depot or Target or, you know, here in the Bay Area, Safeway, like it's, it's local, it's the local presence of large brands. Um, the other big um, set of people who advertise on the platform are, are small businesses. Um, and I said small businesses are already, you know, we really see them as part of the neighborhood. They, they really are part of the neighborhood. Uh, a lot of small businesses, and they do it to give out deals and coupons. So, you know, if you want to, they have like new, let's say it's a local baker and they want to say, hey, there's a sale running 10% off right now for all croissants if you show up before 7 a.m. Great. That's the kind of like deal coupon that you see. And, you know, probably the biggest thing we hear is that it doesn't feel very um, different than the type of content that's already on the platform that's happening from neighbors because small businesses are posting some of those ideas for free to the local neighborhood. Um, and neighbors are already asking for, hey, where do I, where's the best place to buy a tool? Uh, and Home Depot shows up, or where's the best place? you know, who's the best electrician or, or somebody plumber and, you know, Roto-Rooter shows up. So it feels very in line with what the community is engaging and interacting around. And the place where people can find you, I guess, is right next door. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that line. I'm going to use that going forward now, Fred. Terrific. Kieran Prasad, thank you so much for taking the time with us. No, thank you so much. Uh, such great questions. It's awesome to be able to kind of help more people learn about Nextdoor. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio. And that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too, 
Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.